1: Good evening to you wherever you may be, Pastor Mike Douglas with you here on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And, of course, our co-host and producer Elaine Harlan with us in addition to our predecessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl. Al Ramsey here with us as well. And a uh, relatively new friend to us here at uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities, Mike Hobley. And, Mike, uh, had the opportunity to hear you speak a couple of months ago uh, with a wonderful mis- uh, ministry here uh, in Modesto, Christian Brays. And uh, we're going to look forward to talking to you in a little bit. Uh, I, you know, it's just amazing. What God does with us, and uh, the times we go through and and uh, what can happen when we just turn it all over to him and, and I tell you you have such an inspirational story well, we're you. going to look forward to uh, talking with you in detail about that in just a couple of moments before we do that though let's check in with our friends from Voice of the martyrs what people when they
2: hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about another Real Life Jesus freak. Born into a communist Cuban home in 1985, Rosa lived under the strict atheism of parents loyal to Fidel Castro. But her great-grandmother secretly shared God's love with Rosa. And the seeds of faith planted by the old woman, cultivated through prayer, came to harvest when Rosa received Christ just a few years ago. At boarding school, she was the only Christian. So Rosa did the same thing her great-grandmother did. She shared the gospel. And now she has three Christian friends she meets with in secret. Did you ever wish for more Christian friends? Maybe, like Rosa, you can make some yourself.
3: For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com.
1: And uh, again, we encourage you to keep in prayer, those brothers and sisters around the world. Uh, being persecuted for their faith. And, uh, you know, speaking of the window of opportunity that we have, we had the opportunity to be uh, for a week in Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. Last week, uh, Elaine and Al, Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, this is the Mission America Conference combined with the National uh, City Impact Roundtable. And it was just a great time, and, and one of the great inspirational speakers there was Dr. John Perkins. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Perkins, of course, has just for 50 years of ministries now. By the way, he spent he, uh, spent his 80th birthday at the conference, isn't that something? It was. Uh, his uh, 80th birthday. And for 50 years, he has been traveling the world and has been a leader in uh, being an advocate within the Christian community for the poor, for the oppressed, and a leader in terms of racial uh, uh, reconciliation, not only uh, on in, in the secular sense, but uh, within the Christian community as well. And uh, had the opportunity to meet him, oh, maybe 30 years ago in, in Pasadena, uh, where he established a center. And one of his... Uh, Uh, big things, is that he believes the church has to be incarnational. You've got to be in the neighborhood in order to make a difference and had a great impact in Pasadena of establishing the Harambee Center. And I probably am pronouncing that incorrectly, but establishing that center in Pasadena, and it had a tremendous uh, impact in, in, Northwest Pasadena. Uh, but, and he just had a, you know, wonderful nuggets, as our friend Dr. Jim Henwood would say, yes. wonderful nuggets to impart. But here was, here was one of them that I thought was very convicting. Uh, he said, you know, insanity is having the power to change something and refusing to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, insanity is having the power to change something that needs to be changed and not doing it. Uh but he feels uh, very much that uh, we're on the precipice in in America of a radical change in in the church in general in terms of its impact on the community and uh, the whole city reaching effort. And uh, so anyway, it's just a wonderful to uh, to be able to listen to him and and, and be inspired. So we all came Ross Briles from uh, Sherwood Bible Church, one of our leaders here in the city, and I, uh, you know, I couldn't figure out whether I was supposed to keep an eye on him, <laughs> or uh he was supposed to keep an eye on me. But, but uh, you
0: know, Doctor Perkins wasn't the only one celebrating a birthday at that yeah, well, too. It in, wasn't an 80th, but no, we're in denial on. on I know. That now, but, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the insanity. Game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's
1: <what> I, <laughs> I come by that naturally. It has nothing to do with age.
3: I think. Uh,
1: I think we ought to go to our friend Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute.
0: Get us
2: out of it, It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific
3: Justice Institute. Is your home Bible study in danger of being declared illegal? Is your couple's fellowship group from church meeting in your neighborhood in violation of local zoning laws? Well, according to the local authorities in Rancho Cucamonga, California, the answer to both questions is a resounding yes. You see, a pastor leading a Bible study in his home for about 15 people, has been told that he is in violation of zoning ordinances. The city claims that a church cannot have worship services in a residential area. But wait a minute. A Bible study is not a church. This appears to be nothing more than an unconstitutional, arbitrary harassment of those with religious beliefs. I'm Brad Dacus.
2: To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. You
1: ever been to Cucamonga?
0: Uh, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> Where is it? on purpose, have you ever been to Cucamonga? <laughs> I
1: have
0: to ask Gilda that. Yeah. Gilda's my GPS Yeah, personally. the
1: GPS. Yeah. Uh, it's in Southern California. Okay. Right. Southern California. And if, if you remember the old, anybody remember Jack Benny, you know, the Jack Benny yeah. shit, things in here? Mm-hmm. He used to have a routine, you know, about the train station and Cuc. Camonga. Anyway, <laughs> kind of a, a, a joke at that time. Uh, but it's all, all built up now, you know, very, uh, very interesting city. But, you know, this is the kind of thing, you, you know, here we about, hear about voice of the martyrs and, and, you know, tough persecution, people being killed for their faith. You know, and, and we're dealing with little piddly things like, you know, zoning ordinances. Mm-hmm. But again, we have that opportunity, that window, and we need to step into that and, and uh, bring the gospel to the people. And uh, so anyway, uh, we appreciate your support here at Advancing Vibrant Communities because that's our art. Uh, for more information on how to serve, Elaine will give you that in just a second, but a reminder about our website. Elaine posts daily opportunities to serve there at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red button flashy thing a gizmo. icon, yeah. and it'll take you right to our daily update page.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I brought a picture of a, a spaghetti feed. We're having sort of a, a little spaghetti thing going on here tonight. And my meatballs never come out quite like this. You know, they wrap the fork around the spaghetti and the meatballs. might never come out quite like this. My spaghetti this, never but, wraps
1: around the fork but, like that either. Right?
0: <laughs> but we wanted to remind you about a spaghetti feed going on with the Howard Training Center To benefit the Senior Meals on Wheels, we had these lovely people with us just a couple of weeks ago, and we wanted to uh, remind you of their spaghetti feed coming up on March 28th. Doors open at 1 p.m., dinner at 2 p.m., $10 for adults, $5 for children, 10 and under, and uh, this is going to take place at the Whitmer Hall, 1424 Stoneham Road in Modesto, and uh, you can get tickets for that, and if you want more information, call 209 Five nine three, five, six, one, five, and support a very, very good cause, and then once again, all the proceeds go for the uh, program Fighting the Battle Against Hunger for Senior Citizens of Stanislaw County. And that's a, a great program. So that's a, a great spaghetti feed you want to take part of. And some opportunities to volunteer uh, with the Volunteer Center of the United Way. Do you remember the days of candy stripers? Oh, I yeah. Remember the, the candy stripers? My wife thing? was a candy striper. Hey, well, there you go. Well, you can share your people, people skills while helping to provide health services to the community with the Center Gold Medical Foundation. Volunteers ages 16 years and older are needed to greet and direct patients at the front desk there at uh, Sutter Gould and throughout the facility, actually. Mature volunteers, and I don't know where they draw that invisible line with uh, mature (laughs) volunteers. Mr. Also leaves him out, out, and I think it does me as well. But they are especially needed to uh, welcome and assist patients uh, with wheelchairs uh, as they enter the building and outside the entrance to the Coffee Road facility there. Volunteers should enjoy interaction with people. Very important. Uh, Be self-starters and able to stand for long periods of time. That's kind of important. Flexible schedule. Scheduling uh, is available weekdays from 7 to 5 p.m., and training uh, is also provided for you as well. All vol- volunteers are going to wear the uh, Sutter Gould Medical uh, Foundation apron and name badge during uh, your shift as you volunteer there, and uh, so that might be something worthwhile checking out. I don't think you do the candy striper thing anymore, but you certainly interact and greet people and volunteer. There. I'd look funny
1: in a candy striper Well,
0: we I don't know if we want to go there, no, but anyway... The Stanislaw a fire
2: hat,
0: a and a fire fire hat. hat. yeah. Right. You, fire there you so go. Stanislaw County fire. Library invites you to consider being uh, access to the world through books uh, to homebound individuals in the home delivery program. Volunteers are needed to uh, select, check out, deliver, and return library materials uh, for home people who are uh, inbound. Homebound volunteers should have an interest uh, in books and reading. Relate well to older and infirm individuals, uh, able to carry book bags up to 15 pounds, possess a valid California driver's license, and uh, auto insurance as well, be at least 16 years of age or older, and pass a background check. Uh, the mission of the Stanislaw County Library is to foster, of course, the love of reading and open the door to knowledge. Uh, friendly visitors needed always uh, to volunteer to visit with seniors or disabled persons. This is with the Stanislaw County. County Area Agency on Aging, AAA, as we lovingly refer to them here at AVC. We love these people. Uh, to provide companionship, telephone reassurance, transportation to medical appointments or shopping, lighthouse keeping, yard cleanup, running errands, uh, training is provided. And oh my goodness, just a, a great need in this area. We see it every day here at AVC. The Area Agency on Aging providing leadership and services which protect and enhance the quality of life uh, that relate to older persons and persons with functional impairments. And this agency, like so many, close to our hearts. And if you have any questions on any of these uh, opportunities, please feel free to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her, bborba at uastand.org. She'll be happy to hear from you. And uh, here on the ABC front, on the website, Pastor Mike spoke of, uh, we need washers, electric dryers, good working condition. Uh, Any household furniture that you have to donate can be uh, picked up by our furniture team. We call them our furniture friends. Uh, And just please call us for those arrangements at 209-544-9571. And we'll be happy to uh, pick those up for you and connect them where they need to go. Well, tonight, if you aren't inspired to a a deeper sense and and level of of relationship with each other and and certainly uh, to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then we better check to see if we still even have a pulse and maybe call 911. I don't know, but we are so very grateful and, and blessed uh, to welcome to Lighthouse Live a dear brother in Christ and also fund developer uh, for Christian Beret. He's very well, very close to our hearts, uh, Michael uh, Copley. Welcome, Michael. Well, to thank show. you.
3: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so it's,
0: uh, glad to have you. Um, as, as Mike uh, mentioned, Pastor Mike, I've got lots of mics going around. Um, mentioned earlier, you uh, you blessed the crowd at the Christian uh, Braze fundraiser this last October, was
3: it? Well, thank you. Yes, it was. It was my pleasure, actually. I enjoyed enjoyed the evening. You know,
1: Mike, let's set this, because we want to talk about Christian Braze, too, and uh, a wonderful partner ministry of ours, and of course, their uh, CEO and director, uh, Dave Shackelford, and I were, were pastor neighbors there for a while, sharing a well, we had secret codes, you know, we had, we had a wall, uh, he was in the office, you know, to the left, I was in the office right, you know, we had these codes, you know, if either one of us got into trouble during a counseling session, you know, you know, we'd do the thing and, and, you know, we'd, Rush right over and, and help each other. And of course, uh, Dave is much older than I am. I yeah. don't know, did you know that, Mike? I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know. You oh, know, much older know. than I am, yeah. Wow, well, I'll have to talk to him. Yeah, you need to talk to him about that. But anyway, <laughs> we'll be talking about uh. the wonderful work that uh, you're doing with Christian Berets. But Mike, uh, you, you have such a, a, a wonderful testimony about you know, how God has brought you through some really tough times, and I think what hit me in listening to you was the way that you have taken a lot of this stuff in stride, processed it, and even come out uh, with a sense of humor about the whole thing. Let's go back uh, 1965 and oh, wow. and give us kind of the history of, of how
3: you came to be who you are today. I have to go back that far. That and far, I, yeah. Well, I was born in Fresno. Um, and I always joke around with that. I always tell people I was born in the South. You know, it's just, just a couple hours. But I, um, I was born to uh, a mother with, um, four children and wasn't married at the time. Had gone through a divorce. And so, um, it was, it was a tough, uh, tough start. And, um, mom wasn't a Christian woman at the time. She, uh, told us and shared that story with us many times over mm. the years. And, um, and then she was married when I was four. And so that, that changed our family makeup quite a bit. Um, he, my dad brought three children to the household, so now we had eight at home. So and, you're uh, doing the Brady
1: Bunch thing. We, there, we
3: were uh, doing that, or I, I think it might have even eight been eight Partridge eight Family Plus, Partridge <laughs> Family Plus. we <'cause> needed <laughs> a bus uh, to get us around. And so it was, a, it was an interesting uh, start. Uh, my parents' best friends had 13 children. So, yeah, so when we got together, we were really, it was just probably the neighborhood everybody else left. <laughs> and so it was, it was an interesting start to life. And so I really um, uh, went through that way. A um, couple times in my early childhood, I fell out of trees and hurt myself. Uh, I think a treehouse, I fell out of a treehouse when I was four. And then another time, about three years later, I fell from a tree and hit a curb uh, at the street. and oh, well, now, now I that I had the hurt,
1: right? I mean, what, what what was the the result of that? I
3: well, mean? the the first time I was I was four years old, almost five, fell out of the treehouse. My mom and dad had just left on a trip and um, left us with our friends that with thirteen children. So you know, there <laughs> now there's twenty some odd children over there. Good. Night. And um, <laughs> fell out of the treehouse and uh, ended up in the hospital. Mm. They didn't sure if anything was broken. I I wasn't moving. I wouldn't move a muscle. And um, finally, after a couple of days, they decided to ask me, you know, where it really hurt or something, and because and, uh, I wasn't moving, and well, one of the older kids told me the scratch on my neck was so bad that if I moved, my head would fall off. Oh. <laughs> you know, and I was only four; It probably scared me to death at the time. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so there, there was actually ex- nothing wrong. So um, you were
1: walking around afraid your afraid your head would fall. I was off yeah, I was, was laying in
3: the out, hospital I mean. and just um, waiting <clears> to for them to fix that. So, um, so looking back, of course, you can see all of God's blessings, how, you know, you fall out of a tree like that and you live, um, probably a good 20 foot fall. And then, um, falling from another tree, uh, a few years later, landing on the curb of the, uh, the sidewalk. Um, and that again sent me to the hospital and you, um, look back and say, well, you should have seen their writing on the wall. Something was going to happen. Hmm. You know, I hurt myself from falling or whatever. So, um, and, of course, years later, it did. Mm. So we um, moved to Modesto when I was 10. Um, Dad got a job offer up here, and so we moved up here and moved to the Grisada Park neighborhood, and that was uh, a real nice experience. We you know, had a nice house. There were seven bedrooms. Um, so we all got our own bedroom, and that was kind nice. Mm. You know, we were used to stacking them up, you know, <laughs> three, four, five in a bedroom.
0: Did the bunk bed uh, thing?
3: Uh, we had a, um, a three-tiered bunk bed at one time on oh, one side and a two-tiered on the other to wow. put to all the boys in one room, and so it was um, it was nice. Uh, when we moved to Modesto, my mom started following a Christian lifestyle, and so that was really when I got exposed to it. I mean, I probably had been a few times younger than that, mm-hmm. but I really didn't know the Lord until then. And um, we ended up at a, a local church here for many years, and I uh, had a had a nice church family there. Um so it went through life, you know, as a typical teenager and, you know, got hurt a few more times and, you know, should have saw something coming. Um, did you fall
0: out of that bunk bed or not?
3: <laughs> not that I can recall, but I'm sure I did. Um, <laughs> just wondering. Just wondering. So... um it was just interesting. You know, the biggest thing in my life, of course, you know, we know that happened in 1982, and I don't know if you want to get to that yet, or well, really. and,
1: and and you're uh, in what junior high, high school by that time? I was in high school, I was, high school,
3: uh, finishing up my junior year okay. in high school. i Had already played sports for many years, um, and I was up at a practice baseball game up in Stockton, and took a bus up there with the, with a the team and playing around before, before the Modesto A's Stockton Ports game, and a lot of the teenagers and stuff that followed the team around. And I dove for baseball, landed on my shoulder and broke my neck. Wow. And so I was paralyzed from the neck down momentarily. Wow. And, um, you know, this was 25, 30 years, almost 30 years ago now. And things were different then. Uh, as soon as the paralysis started to wear off, they got me up and sat me on the the bullpen bench. You know, and nowadays you'd call a call an ambulance, be at the hospital in you ten minutes the, and the C
1: spine thing in place. And so th- so let me let me get this straight now. You you dove for the ball, right. uh, major injury, and but as as soon as you had some feeling back they just sat you up on the bench?
3: Is that right? Sat me up on the bench and I sat through the, the two and a half hour baseball game after that. Got up, shook it off. You know, they'd, they'd say shake it off. Yeah, yeah. Got up and shook it off. Had a little bit of headache for a while. It broke um, your neck. Broke my neck. Um, vertebraes one through four are fused in my neck. And so even more so amazing, I rode the bus home that evening um, to the ballpark here in Modesto where I rode my 10-speed home um, <laughs> at believable. probably probably somewhere around midnight you know, by the time you got home. And it was just, to tell the story later, it's amazing. But, you know, at any point, you know, that could have killed me. If, mm. if the fall didn't, anything else could have. So hitting a bump
1: on the way home with your bike could, could have, have done uh, it. Yeah.
3: Just wow. anything to um, cause the vertebrae to pinch the spine again, because they're just floating around there. And so I rode my bike home, got home late. Parents were already in bed. I went to bed. Got up the next morning and rode my bike to school. And so, um, so here's another three miles to school the next morning. Um, very interesting. Went through most of the day at school, and one of the classes I had was working in the office, and the school nurse saw me and noticed that I was holding myself differently, and she asked me what happened. I told her, sat me down, called my mom, and from there I went to the hospital. I was going to say you know, what was is. mom's reaction. So, yeah, so almost 24 hours later. Good night. And so it was it's quite an experience. And so I just from there I just um started going through life and you know that's I had been a Christian um before that going to church and uh, for a while, I pulled away. I didn't really know what God wanted for me or what, what was in store for me. Just really couldn't identify it. I thought I had life all together at 17, you know, um, had it all planned out and knew what I was going to be doing after high school. And uh, now it was all going to change. So at
1: at that time, uh, you know, having had the neck injury and, and was it 6 months with the halo and
3: 6 months with a halo brace?
1: So what were your aspirations at that point? What 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 were you thinking in terms of what am I going to do once I get out of this thing?
3: Well, you know, growing up in life you you change what you're going to do. When I was younger, I thought I'd uh, play soccer professionally. That was when Pele was, you know, oh, yeah. big big sure. soccer player and we played youth youth soccer. And then I played uh little league baseball. I thought, oh, I could be a baseball player, but I really just, you know, my five, nine and a half uh, build here wasn't going to get me far in professional baseball, and so I took up tennis and thought, oh, this was fun, and I could do that, and um, so I had a lot of aspirations of what I wanted to do, Um, but from high school, I thought I'd go to college, um, get a degree in business, and, and go from there, and um When I broke my neck, you know, um, my parents spent a lot of money Mm. on that. So any chance of really having the college money uh, kind of evaporated at that point.
1: But you did wind up at Modesto Junior College. I did go to
3: Modesto Junior College um, after high school. um, I had the first surgery. ended up at Modesto Junior College, took some business classes, tore a degree. Um, And then in 84, another year later, um, they said the fusion from my neck didn't take. And they had to go back in and do it again. Oh, my goodness. So uh, about a year and a half later, I was having a second neck surgery to uh, refuse the neck. And so that kind of put the college on hold um, at that time anyway. And so I um, uh, went through another uh, neck surgery. And another, at least they didn't put the halo on that time. Mm. Uh, I think I talked them out of it. Um, it should be outlawed anyway. It's, it's pretty torturous. It, it
1: looks like. I never had one on. Huh?
3: Real, it really is. They, uh, they screw that into your skull while you're awake. Wow. And so it's uh, in four spots. And the pain so. level,
0: Mike, what, they always say on a. S- it's not on that cell. chart. You know that it's chart
3: not, of 1 to 10 with the smiley faces it, is that it give like you. It's off the chart. It's, it's really not on that chart. No. It's just it's like. Somewhere else. You just accept yeah. it and, wow. and you go, that's what you wow. get. Hmm. And so. Uh, and, that's, and that's what you get. You know, God never promised that life would be easy. Mm-mm. At least I haven't found that yet. Yes. So,
1: so you, uh, you had been in one of our local churches here for a while, and and tell us about what God was doing you at this mm-hmm. point, uh, with you at this point. Here's your your second uh, major surgery, and and you're back with some braces. What so what's going through your mind, and what kind of conversations are you having <laughs> with God?
3: Well, with God, I, I was going through what you probably typically feel is the, uh, why me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What, sure. what's, you know, I, we had life planned out. What, what's going on now? And I actually pulled back from the church for a while. I didn't have the, um, the support that I thought the church, you know, gave you, uh, maybe a misconception of what church was about. I went to get something out of it and church is supposed to be the other way. What are you going to give the Lord instead? And so at, at 17, you don't realize that and, yeah. So I pulled away and I um uh, unfortunately took what I called a sabbatical and um pulled out of the church and just started um going to Bible studies people would invite you to Bible studies and uh, not not to live a bad life or anything but just just didn't have a lot of understanding between about 82 next 5 years uh, on what was going to go on uh with life and and so I just um went a different route um I was offered a management job with Modesto A's um, just coming off that second surgery. I had worked for the Modesto A's um, part-time for many years. I started working there in 77. And so when they offered me a management job, I kind of put everything else on hold and took it. And so um, that was a great job.
1: Now, for those who are living in Slovenia, a world away, talk talk a little bit about the Modesto A's. What type of farm club it is, and, or okay. was. Now it's the right. Nuts, but, but.
3: right T- today people know them as Modesto Nuts. But um, from '75 until uh, they switched uh, about four years ago to the Modesto Nuts, they were called the Modesto A's. That's a minor league farm club of the Oakland A's. And they're an affiliate. So the players that are here are actually under contract with the Oakland A's. Yeah. And they go – they work their way through that farm system and hope to get to the major leagues. And and not not as many do as they'd like. But uh, I've had an opportunity to know a lot of famous ballplayers. Um, the first year I worked there, Ricky Henderson was on the team. Wow. And so – and then over the years, you had players like Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, Walt Wise. But there was – There's just an untold amount of um, ballplayers that actually made it to the major leagues. And so it was a a great experience.
1: So what are these guys like when they're in the farm clubs?
3: Well, some of them are are pretty good. I mean, they really are. They're they're just down-to-earth guys. You know, really, they're like you and I, really. Um, They put their pants on one leg at a time. Of course. But they've been given a God-given talent to play um, sports, and they really are. They're very talented individuals. But some of them abuse it, mm-hmm. and some of them don't. Some right. of them do a lot of uh, good things with it. Uh, when we've had players here over the years, they've gone to hospitals and visited, and they really just they, they try to do a lot of good um, in the community. And you met so. some
0: believers along the way. I and- did.
3: In fact, for many years, they had a program called um, Chapel, and it was um, a local chaplain would go to the ballpark on Sunday and hold service for ballplayers right on the field. Is that right? And yeah, because you know, ballplayers are having to play the game and they can't get away, and they wanted to make sure their needs were served. And, right. and so that was, a, that was a great program. A lot of believers. Um, so really it was a fun time. Um, but then there's a lot of uh, experiences where you get to see that there aren't believers.
0: And you still love the game.
3: I still love the game. Uh would be out there every day if I could, but um you know you've gotta have a you've gotta have a job and yeah. pay the bills and do the other things. Isn't and that I, the pits? Is <laughs> a, isn't that you know, I, I don't actually remember reading that in the Bible yet, but maybe I'll have to get to it. So uh it said God will provide and uh I didn't know it was uh at twenty-four percent interest.
1: Well Mike, on the other side of uh a break here, we want to talk a little bit about how, uh, you and God got closer together again. And I right. know there was some more, believe it or not, friends, there was more disaster to come into your life. And, uh, not, not that we're looking forward to talking about the disaster, but we're looking forward to talking to you about how God helps you process through all of that and, and what he has you doing now with Christian berets.
3: Right. Well,
0: you know, those listening in, Slovenia, Todd and Sarah Honeycat, perhaps, uh, who, like our, our brother, uh, Mike, um, have seen the healing miracle hand uh, of God. We'll certainly appreciate Jeremy Camp's song, The Healing Hand of God, here on Lighthouse Live and We'll Be I
2: have seen the many faces of fear and of pain. I haven't watched the tearful plenty from heartache and strain. Life's journey, as you weary and free, there's rest in the shadow of his wings. I have walked through the valleys, the mountains and plains. I have healed the hand of freedom that washes all my stains.
0: seeing the healing hand of God and sharing with us all about it tonight, Mike Copley. Mike, we're so glad to have you with us tonight and so glad for all of our guests to be joining us as well.
1: Mike, let's pick up again, uh, gee, falling out of tree houses, falling, hitting curbs. Uh, <clears throat> diving for the ball and breaking your neck, and then another surgery and uh you know as as you said, you had taken a sabbatical from God, so to speak uh then then what happens i mean i 'm sure you have aspirations you you know have dreams and and tell us what 's going through your mind at that point, and what does
3: God do in your life next? Well, what I thought was God put me out at the ballpark, and you know it 's a place that I was at and where I wanted to be. And then I, looking back, I was thinking maybe that was me that put myself out at the ballpark, mm. mm-hmm. you know. And so years, I worked out there. Years um, went up to work for the Stockton Ports for one year, 1990. Um, they won the league championship that year. Great, great season. And went through four ownerships with the Modesto As and the Stockton ports in two seasons because wow. you were there and that, <laughs> they one well <laughs> and I, no I, I'm not going to take the credit. We had thirteen uh, ball players that went to the major leagues, wow, and so just a wonderful team it was a great a great season and um I decided at that point I needed to be doing something else. It was just um it, i wasn't getting anywhere, mm. and life was just kind of stagnant wasn't sure what I wanted to do at all, and I got a job offer to manage a pizza restaurant for a round table. And uh, I said, well, let's let's try it. I don't know anything about it, but let's try it. And so I went to work for them, and I worked for them for about a year and a half, and then I was offered uh, a position with another company. And I took that, and that was a um, manager job with... An option to buy the place that I was working at. It was a place here downtown. Don't know if we're going to give plugs. But you it was can place do go downtown. Yeah, a and W, and they right. have really good root beer. We <laughs> plan
0: to spend a lot of time there. We're yeah. right around the corner. Spent, spent a few years you there, bet. and
3: uh, <laughs> was uh, it was still searching. Probably, yeah. um, I was thinking that you did what you wanted to do and asked God to bless you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, boy, did I find out that wasn't the way mm. life was going to go. isn't? It? <laughs> yeah. And so I uh, <laughs> did that, went on, I moved on and uh, managed a Mountain Mike's um, uh, restaurant or two in the next few years. And then um, they were going to be selling it, and the owner helped me um, open up one downtown. And so I opened up a restaurant downtown with a few partners.
0: Certainly had the name um, for it.
3: I, we did, we, but <laughs> we couldn't use the Mountain Mike's name. Um, I was a collector of Modesto memorabilia, and my nickname in that circle was uh, Modesto Mike. Wow. And so we opened up the place called Modesto Mike and uh, decorated it with old Modesto memorabilia, and did really well for a couple plus years. And um, just hit hit um, hit a wall. We the time we closed was the time that California was going through the energy crisis oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. everything, and it, it just wasn't making it. We were breaking even too many months and. And so, uh, closed up, went back to work for Mountain Mike's as an area supervisor. And, um, just wasn't getting it. You know, life didn't, it didn't seem like I was doing anything worthwhile, really. And, um, so decided to do something different. And that's when I actually, um, uh, decided to get my real estate appraiser's license. And that's what I've been doing since then. But it was about 1997 when I really started to realize that you know, I, I'm not here to get something from God. I'm here to give back to God. Mm. Mm. I'm supposed to be serving Him, not Him mm. blessing what I want to do. Mm. And um, 97 was an interesting year. I met the the woman that I married. My wife is Kim, and we now have two children, a right. almost six year old and a nine year old. Mm. And they they keep us very busy. Um, been God's blessing there. Mm. But I met her in 97, and we dated for three months, and she um, I love to tell the story. She broke up with me, dumped me like a load of bricks in the middle of the road. (laughs) But I got her back. (laughs) Uh, Took me about a year and a half to get her back, but... um, But I did. I got her back, and we started dating again, and then we're married in 2000. So we're coming up on 10 years.
0: Congratulations.
3: During that time, though, that's when I started. um, I went back to church and became very active in church and realized that you're supposed to be serving God and not hoping that God just blesses what you want Mm. done in your life. Mm. And so during that time, I've spent a lot of time serving others instead of serving myself. And um, life hasn't been very, very easy, but it never was promised that it would be easy. You know we're supposed to be here serving him, so um I've enjoyed it. We've been blessed. We have two healthy children. We had a scare with uh, our son Noah um good thing that we're christians, and we wouldn't they told us ninety percent chances down syndrome mm. and we thought, you know well, if God's going to give us a special needs child we're going to we're gonna raise one Amen. um he doesn't have downs, but they gave us the option of an abortion, and it was just we're not we're not going to go that route mm. and God. so um we were real strong in our faith that, you know, it's not going to happen. And um, he doesn't have downs. And if we were, if we had a child with special needs, that's what we would have done. Sure, um, That's what God would have blessed us with. And so um, it brings me full circle to what I'm doing today. But it, it's just really interesting to see how God's worked in our life um, during that time that Kim broke up with me to the time we got back together. I was in two car accidents It wasn't my fault. My goodness. Yeah, and my house and my house burned down. <laughs> and your no house kidding. burned down. Yeah. So, so no if way. I if I had a dog, <laughs> he probably would have run away. Um, but I didn't and and so you know it was really just a trying year and a half actually you know um,
1: you you would have been prime <laughs> candidate for the reality show sir no, kind of I, kind, you right? know I thought maybe
3: I can make some extra money on going on something like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make Good. sure God
0: blesses it first
3: yeah we're not <laughs> no. we're not going to step out on my own we're gonna see what God blesses so, so many life's
0: lessons uh, for you oh yeah my
3: fair, fair, so
1: now yeah. with all these things happening to you, what 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 won kim over what what won her over
3: i don't know maybe i just tired her out i think um, <laughs> <you> have- <laughs> we we joke a lot about um uh, stocking and i said no i wasn't stalking. they didn't have those laws then um i just i just stayed very close actually is um is what happened when she broke up we had she she said she had a lot of uh baggage from old relationships mm-hmm. and it just was a bad time, mm. and um just over time, I think you know in the, the next year and a half, and she saw me involved in church and um, just the people that I was uh, associated with, and just um, just what I did and I think she just realized that you know hey it's a pretty good guy you know mm. and, and so it just turned out to be that we got we hooked back up about a year and a half later and went out and decided to to start dating again. Damn it was a cool. different time for both of us, and it really it really was nice so.
1: Now Mike, what do you live with in terms of the consequences of your injuries?
3: Well, um it, it's funny, you know, a lot of people actually have asked me, you get disability or do you, you know, wh- you handicap? Uh, nah, we don't use handicap cuz handicap, I only use that in golf. <laughs> in, and in golf I really need it. And it's you really can, really and you do yeah. golf, right? And yes. I do golf. Yes. I go out um when I can. It's Mm -hmm. an occasional, uh, just a fun game. I live with pain, Mm -hmm. physical pain. Um, My neck is stiff. I don't have uh, mobility. I have about a 10 to 15% range of motion in my neck, and um, I've had that now for 30 years. Mike, what Mm -hmm. do you do for the pain? Um, Well, I actually uh, pray a lot, Mm -hmm. but um, I don't do much because I don't like taking medication. Occasionally, I'll take the ibuprofen or something like that. But really, I get more lower back pain, and I think that's because of the compensation. Mm. Um, I walk with a a bit of a gait nowadays. Um, It's gotten worse over the last 30 years. And um, so that's really kind of thrown things off. I have a lower disc um, that bulges, and that's what causes me more pain than my neck. Mm. My neck is just stiff, and that's you just live with that. And so I actually had been going to a chiropractor recently to help that. relieve the pain. Mm-hmm. And he, he was doing a, a good job, decent job. It was actually um, making some improvements. And he recommended something from the health food store. Wow. So I went over that. And two weeks ago, I've been taking that. And, you know, my pain is down probably 80%.
1: All right. So, what is
3: it? Turmeric root extract.
0: I've heard mm, a lot wow. about yeah. that lately. So, I, yes. you know, I'm not a medical
3: profession. Mm. I can't. I can't be given an endorsement here. You know, but I, that's what I've been taking. Uh, I take four pills a day, mm. um, basically morning, noon, dinner, and bedtime, and the pain has just really gone away, and it's made life. Very enjoyable. One of our volunteers
0: um, endorses that a lot. Yeah. And I'm certain that you have a lot of those just surrounding you in prayer.
3: Yeah, and the, that's what it is. I yes, think it's prayer. Yes. And God just connected me with that, mm-hmm, and that really helps out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you use what God is given us. I mean, there's medical professionals that will actually be able to give things to people that will relieve pain. Um, I've not been one that want to take medication to relieve mm-hmm. it. Um, just live with it. Yeah. You know, It's something God gave me, and that's where I'm at, and so I do what I can.
1: Well, I think God has also blessed you, Mike, with uh, a wonderful attitude. Oh, thank I was you. Thank you it. know, yes. uh, and the, the sense of humor that you have, the, the can-do spirit, the, and, and obviously Easy you, going you have... Um, uh, a good dose of the entrepreneur in, in you as well, you know, to see the possibilities. Uh, I want to talk, to just bounce off of this. You, you made a wonderful point. You know, we, we can go through life asking God to bless what we're doing and we get. As as our friend Ross Brawls would often say, we get the results of our best efforts, yeah. but not necessarily the results of what God really has in store for us. So you made a transition in in life into really looking for uh, God's leading and uh, for the blessing that He can give you uh, by following His direction. Tell us how that led you to Christian Brays and and your heart for serving a a, a wonderful wonderful part of our community.
3: Well, it's God put me there. I, that's all I can mm-hmm. say. Um, my wife's cousin, Brian, is the director at the Christian Brewery's camp in Miwok Village. it has been there about seven years. Brian, Laura, and April um, are, live on live on the campus there. Great people. Uh, yeah. They're great people. I saw them Saturday evening. We were up in the mountains, had dinner with them. Mm. Um, and it's a nice facility. It's 46 acres, um, all ADA approved. I was at a family reunion last July and Brian and I were just sitting around talking and I was telling him how appraising the praising business is just slow at this time the economy's really hit us pretty hard and I uh, had a lot of spare time on my hands and he said, "You know, we could really use some help." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, you know, I'd be I'd be willing to help out with I don't know what I could do." And so um he got back from the family reunion, they called on Monday and Dave Shackelford who's the director there um called and said, hey, can I meet with you? And I said, sure. And so a couple days later, I drove up. He was up at the camp. So I drove up to the camp, and we had a couple-hour conversation and uh, followed it up. And uh, that's where it's led me to today, six-plus six, six plus months later, six mm-hmm. months later. And I'm helping them raise scholarships for the kids to go to camp. It's Wonderful. really what we're doing. Um, it's The program is Camps for Kids, and it's to um, get out into the community and um, help raise scholarships. It's a very expensive um, venture to send uh, people with special needs to mm-hmm. camp. Where um, most of the time it's one-on-one counseling, 24 hours a day, and you have to hire nursing staff. And so the, the cost to run the ministry is about $2,500 per camper. Mm. And so you know you couldn't possibly charge them that. And so many of them will get a scholarship, uh, depending on the the generosity of the community. And so we're able to knock that cost down, typically below eight hundred dollars for each one. Um, sometimes it's two hundred dollars, and then the rest is scholarship. But and the
0: benefits s- they receive—it is it's a great wonderful. week for
3: them. I was up there during one of the camps, and it's just—it really is. They lifelong experience for them. Um, some of them look forward to it. It's the only time they get away to do something mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them live in um, care homes. Um, and depend on um, some sort of caregiver for their every need. Uh, if they're wheelchair bound, or if they they have autism, or if they have CP, or whatever the whatever the special need is that that causes them to be there, there's there's a lot of care involved. And so it's just wonderful to see them get up there, and it's just kind of a carefree environment for them. They get to really enjoy a week away from life
1: they experience a freedom there don't they i think they do
3: and you know and they get to build new relationships even and so it's really and most of them look forward to coming back that's that's their one thing it's
0: life changing for them it is and you know
3: they get to experience god sometimes they don't get to experience god where they live you know it's really up to who their caregiver is or the facility they live in if they if they get exposed to god some of them don't have family and so to come up to the mountain and see God's love firsthand, mm-hmm. God's creation, I mean, here you're you are surrounded by what God has been able to do up there. And so it's just a wonderful experience for them. And to look back and say, they don't have an opportunity to go out and raise that money. Yeah. They, can't, they can't raise the money to go to camp. And so for me to be able to put in some time, you know, I spend about 20 hours over there a week and we've developed some really good programs that didn't exist. Working with Dave, you know, Dave's... He's been good to work he's with. He's wonderful. Um, he's a great friend. Yeah, you know, and he, he did say something about you know him. He was he older than you? <laughs> no, he's, uh, uh, he's he's, he's like much older than I. I knew that. Uh, Let I me mean, just take a that. look
1: at us. We're just yeah.
0: Just, uh, I wish our listeners yeah. could see the pictures. <laughs> yeah, see the pictures. <laughs> Mike, if our listeners wanted to contact you and be a part of helping these wonderful people go to camp, how would they do that?
3: The best way uh, online, they could go to of course Christianbreads.org, okay. um, is the best way. They'll get a website we're actually have our old website is up they can get our phone number our email addresses everything we're having a new website it'll kick off in a couple of weeks awesome. it'll yeah it's just really neat uh, there's a, a group of christian young men that have a business that do that out in salida mm-hmm. and we've empowered them to create a new website for us and it'll give us um, a lot more tools to reach out and so that should be up probably about uh, a week or two and so we're looking forward to that but just uh it's a great way to serve serve God it really is uh, you know and it's just one way that i i do it and i'm glad that god's given me a f- very flexible schedule to be able to do these uh things we do a lot of work with our church uh, kim and i and then i serve um at a senior community i'm yeah. um, here i serve That's on the board good. of a nonprofit yes. mm. that provides uh, senior um housing for uh, low to moderate income and there's such a need in the community for that mm. too Yes. Well, with with the aging of the baby boomers, and uh, that's that's uh, i Yeah, <laughs> I'm
1: sure. glad you brought that up. I hate it when that <laughs> happens. But do. anyway, is that, a, is that us? <laughs> it's part of that denial
0: thing we were talking yeah. about. Yeah,
1: but I anyway, it hurts. You know, the, uh, uh, we we have a lot of seniors in our <laughs> community who are abandoned, yeah. and lonely, yes. without resources and no advocate, right? And uh, so organizations like that and and the volunteers that we work with that get out there and connect with them, that is just absolutely in, in, important today. So really we're we're talking about uh two segments of our community that have special needs uh that need our attention. Right. And mm-hmm. uh you know when again going back to this uh following God's lead, you know he takes us places that that we I mean when I grew up in Pasadena, I had no idea what a Modesto was. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. I, I kind of knew Fresno. Right.
3: Fresno was a little bigger, but yeah, was a little there, just a spot on the map.
1: Yeah, but uh, he he brings us into places where he takes our experiences, our hurts, and and our victories, and and melds that all together and leverages that for uh, for his purposes. And uh, let, let's just talk a little bit, Mike, about the impact upon you. Uh, In in serving uh, the special needs community through Christian buries, what does that do for you?
3: Well, first of all, it just uplifts you. I mean, it Mm -hmm. just it's encouraging for me to be able to go out and help. Um, I don't care if my name's on the website or on Mm -hmm. a card or anything. Mm -hmm. It's it's not about a title or a a job. To see the end results, you know, you know that you know God has put me there because I, I wasn't there. You know, six months ago, I, I knew Brian, and I knew the work Brian, and then we're doing at the camp. I didn't even know they had a local office. Mm. I mean, it really is a very quiet organization that serves the need of many people. And, um, I, you know, I've talked to Dave. We've developed some plans to just get the name out a little bit more. Um, it's kind of like the, an organization like you have about getting people out of the church to serve the yes. community. Amen. Yes. You know, we, we could sit here. I've been in church for many years. Many of the folks that I go to church with have never heard of the organization. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they've been in Modesto for 40 years now. And so just being able to do that makes me feel good. And so I think um, I can see God's blessing in it. Um, God's blessed our life. He's put my wife and I in positions where we could we could help out mm-hmm. and not be struggling financially to where we don't have anything. So it, it really has worked out really good for me. I, I feel good about it.
0: And, and you know, Mike, going back all of those years and all of the accidents, the broken neck, and all yeah. of the things that you've experienced, and yet you see God had a plan and he had yeah. a purpose for your life.
3: Right. I, I, I enjoyed A project I did with our church uh, years ago in a, a leadership class was a timeline of your life. And you actually take it and then you write down all the events that have happened in your life. And then you can look back and see how God's worked or planned or moved you, or put you into some place that you didn't think you were going to be, and I, I can look back now and see that. And so it's just wonderful to see. It. I wish people would actually take a closer look at their life and see what God's doing for them, instead of trying to see what you know uh, I, I, you can get out of it. It's not a it's not a me a me thing.
1: Well, He did that with the nation of Israel, didn't He? He did. You yeah. know, remember. And and it was very important uh, that that the nation, his children, remember what he what he did for them. Because it's so it is so easy to get caught up in the the pain of now, right. and uh, you can look back and kind of see how the puzzle pieces fit in for gra- uh, God's grand mosaic. Yeah. But man, it's, it's awful tough when you're in the firefight, isn't it?
3: It is when you're when you're in there you don't see it. I you really have to look for it. I did not see it when I broke my neck and I didn't see it for years after. Mm. I didn't know that God had a plan for me. I just thought you go through life and what happens is what happens. And boy, you can make the best of it. Don't don't worry about if you, if you broke your neck or legs or whatever. There's something you can do. There's a there's a service project that can be done. You know I was talking to Al before and you know we we've crossed paths on another a uh, local nonprofit uh, working for other people and you know working for other people in the community really is a is a um, just a treasure you you really get to enjoy that you get a lot out of it well and, and the
1: partnerships are important mm-hmm. you know and uh, you know Dave and I certainly wouldn't have thought when we were pastoring together at a local church that we'd ever be running other ministries you know and you know but it but in in God's plan you know I'm able to help him he's able to help us and and uh, those those partnerships become very very and that's the way the body of Christ right. is supposed to work isn't it
3: Right and I'm here now and this is where God put me right now I don't know where I'll be next mm-hmm. I really don't I mean God can God could call me up tomorrow and say, I need you over here instead. And you'd be
0: excited to do so. I am. You
3: You know, now I'm not sure if, you know, if he calls me up and says, go to another country and serve and, you know, know, then I might have to get a second message from him or something. You know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) there are people though that are equipped to do that. I'm not, I don't think I'm equipped to do that. I'm equipped to serve in the community and that's where I'll serve. We have good friends that have just packed up and moved to do missionary trips. Mm. And it's like, wow, that is That's stepping out for the Lord right there. I mean, that's going out of the box.
1: All right. So the broadcast goes around the world, 180, 200 people a day listen to this. And what uh, what do you have to say to someone who's out there dealing with major physical trauma and life just uh, isn't quite going the way they thought it would, and and it seems like they're hitting the wall? Uh, What words of hope do you have for them, Mike?
3: Ah, First of all, you find God. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you really read his word and you pray about it um, because God will put you where you need to be, not where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And so I really encouraging that that doesn't may not sound like you the answer you want, Mm -hmm. but it's the answer you should have is is go to God first and foremost for everything you need. God may take your pain away. He may not. It may be a trial that you're going through in your life so that you were stronger to help someone out through their trial. And so I think that's go to God first.
1: Reminder, friends, you can uh, check out the Christian Berets ministry at christianberets.org and the new website coming up shortly.
0: Mike Cobble, you've been such an inspiration to us and to many who have been listening in tonight. Thank you so much. And dear friends, thank you for listening. No matter where you are around the globe tonight, may God continue to bless you.